It's November 25th, 1741, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this night that the 31-year-old Elizabeth Petrovna appeared at the headquarters of the elite Probrazhensky Regiment Guards in St. Petersburg, wearing an armoured breastplate and clasping a silver cross, and managed to persuade them to accompany her across the city to the Winter Palace to arrest her rival, an infant czar, and accede to the throne herself as Elizabeth of Russia. Yeah, and there are some rather evocative, almost like romantic images of the coup of Elizabeth both carrying that cross and wearing full armour before heading to the Winter Palace and into the bedchamber of the regent. And arresting a baby. arresting a baby, (laughs) but first visiting the regent who was sort of taking care of the empire while the baby grew up. And that regent was Anna Leopoldovna. And Elizabeth comes into her bedchamber with her cape still dripping with snow and whispers the ominous words. Words, time to get up, sister, as she shakes her awake. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. Right. I hadn't read that's that. Good. I have read the stirring speech she gave to the Imperial Guards, though, beforehand, which would give her that sense of confidence, I think, since it worked. So she went over there, <laughs> nicked a spontoon from one of them, uh, and then told them all to slit their drums so they couldn't sound the alarm, and proclaimed, My children, you know whose daughter I am. Uh, Peter the Great. But she didn't say that, they did know. It is my resolve this night to deliver you and all Russia from our German tormentors. Will you follow me? Matushka, they responded. We will follow you to the death and cut the Germans to pieces. Nay, my children, she replied. If you hurt a hair on their heads, I will not go one step with you. There must be no bloodshed. What we do, we do simply for the benefit of our country. (laughs) And, And also for my insane jealousy, she might might have added because <laughs> she had just the year before endured the ignominy of watching the court crown her cousin who as you say mm. was a baby i really don't think we can emphasize that enough she was overlooked to be monarch in preference through the will to be fair of of the czar who died but nonetheless in preference for a baby who was three months old at the time and that that's got a smart <laughs> It was a little bit complicated because she was the daughter of peter the great and his second wife catherine not catherine the great Catherine the Peasant. No, see, there's a lot of greats, and there's only a few (laughs) names going around in Russia at this time, I've noticed. So there is a bit of name duplication. So Catherine, she was absolutely fascinating. She was an orphan from modern-day Lithuania who basically maided and mistressed her way through the Russian army and nobility and then landed the Tsar. And although he did marry her, Elizabeth and her sister were actually born before this official marriage, and this cast a bit of a pall over her status and her marriage prospects. So she ended up being a bit of a spare part at court. She was engaged. She and her sister Anna were both engaged to minor European princes. Then when she was 17, her fiancé and her mother both died within two weeks of each other. And this put her in a very difficult position because what happened was her older half-brother Alexei had been the original heir. He died. His young son, Peter II, died. And so the throne ended up passing not to Elizabeth, but to her cousin Anna. So Anna was the daughter of Ivan V, who was Peter the Great's co-ruler, if you like. Oh, blimey. I hope you're keeping up with this because you will be asked to draw a family (laughs) tree later. There's a test at the end. (laughs) To put it very simply, Peter the Great was, to all intents and purposes, the Tsar of Russia. However, he had to sort of include his brother Ivan V as his sort of senior partner, even though Ivan V was mentally disabled and he didn't actually participate in government. So because of that, the throne passed to... Ivan's daughter Anna rather than Elizabeth and they were great rivals and loathed each other. So actually it wasn't just that she was jealous 
to take my oversimplified explanation. <laughs> the Imperial Guards were also keen to go along with her because even though she was born out of wedlock, you could see how many of them would have believed she was the rightful monarch anyway. And then one of the problems that occurred once Anna got on the throne was that she felt very threatened by Elizabeth, as you can imagine, not least of all because she has this direct line back to Peter the Great, but also because she was regarded as the leading beauty of her age. And I found this wonderful description of her by the wife of a British ambassador who visited Russia and described Elizabeth as fair with light brown hair, large sprightly blue eyes, fine teeth and a pretty mouth. She is inclinable to be fat, but is a very genteel woman and dances better than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> inclinable to be fat is my new Twitter bio. <laughs> it's my new punk band. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, she went on in that account to say she speaks German, French and Italian, is extremely gay and talks to everyone. Now, mm. I think that is diplomatic code for she's a shagger. Because actually, if you look back at what Elizabeth was up to in this era... She had the coachman, she had the footman, uh, and ultimately one of the singers in her choir, Alexis Razumovsky, became known in the court as the Emperor of the Night because of his visits to her bedchambers and was eventually married to her. To be fair, her love life had a pretty brutal start. I wasn't judging her, Rebecca. She was entitled <laughs> to put it about, but that she did. Yeah, but I mean, she really was probably on the rebound from like all these tragedies. So her fiancé died, and then Anna supposedly ordered Elizabeth's lover, a guy called Alexis Shubin, to have his tongue cut out and be deported to Siberia. Ooh. Just Siberia's enough. <laughs> yeah, and so she sort of went on what sounds like a bit of a shagging rampage around all the servants in the palace. But, as you mentioned, Alexis Razumovsky, who was a Ukrainian peasant who had been plucked from obscurity to join a choir, and that's how she had come across him. Apparently, in all the years they were together, he never showed any ambition for personal power or influence. And it made me think of, you know what he was? You know Dolly Parton's husband, Carl Dean? <laughs> he was her Carl <laughs> Dean, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That description of her talking to everybody, I'd interpreted rather differently. I thought that that was a diplomatic code for her ability to build networks of influence. Because during this time that she was secondary to Anna, she was building up a bit of a following among those Russians who were increasingly against the, the Germanification of the Russian court. And it was that that ultimately led her to be able to build this willing among the guards on that fateful night that led to her being able to lead what, what was a really bloodless coup. You know, she managed to just overturn this child ruler and take over without too many heads having to roll or tongues be sent to Siberia. Yeah, but let's talk about what actually happened to Ivan the baby, who was on the throne at the age of three months, not his fault. He and his parents were imprisoned by Elizabeth, far from the capital, spent the rest of their lives in captivity, and then when he was 20, he was killed by the guards, when some army officers, which he didn't know and he hadn't organised, attempted to free him because they thought he should be king. I mean, that's a crap life, isn't it? Let's be honest. Mm, for anybody. That sucks. Yeah, and Elizabeth set about systematically removing every sign of his very brief reign, destroying anything that his name or his seal appeared on, any documents, <laughs> currency, His teddy, the rattles, they all had to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow, the, the Russian systems are moving very quickly if they had currency with them on. But, you know, this is what I've uncovered. In any case, she destroyed every reminder that he had briefly existed. It's funny because there was so little about her reign that seemed terribly violent or vindictive. You know, mostly she's remembered as being quite 
artistic and cultural and was involved in this period that became known as Elizabethan Baroque that you can see in the royal palaces of the era, particularly the Winter Palace, which was massively expanded under her, as well as Peterhof and these really quite beautiful, for Baroque palaces, really quite beautiful places that are sort of simultaneously bizarrely understated and obviously Baroque overstated. You know, they're, they're, they're tasteful in their grandeur, if you know what I mean. Far less of her reign was dedicated towards war or... Yeah, but I'm sorry to push back on this nasty streak, though, (laughs) again. (laughs) But she did slap someone in the face publicly for disgracing her, and that was because she wore the same dress as her, which is a fabulously Joan Collins and Dynasty-type move. Elizabeth was incredibly vain. But I think you can probably understand why. I mean, when she was a young woman, her beauty and her charm was literally all she had. You know, she kept Mm. being shut out of power again and again. And I imagine it probably did go to her head that she was this famous beauty and that was like her thing. But inclinable to be fat. This is a very interesting historical side note, though. Do you remember Elizabeth's dead German fiancé from the top of the show? I do, yes. It was only seven minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) So Catherine the Great's mother was his sister. Catherine the Great's and so mother that, was his sister. Ah, so they always kept in touch then. Yeah, so there was like a family connection as well. But right. it was still a very, very left field choice to marry the future Tsar of Russia. But if she hadn't made that decision, and apparently she was actually a terrible mother-in-law to Catherine the Great, she was very overbearing and kept like trying to take her child away. So, I mean, you know, not full points of being a mother-in-law. But without Elizabeth, we would not have had Catherine the Great, that's for sure. Still a less weird choice than a three-month-old baby, though, isn't it? At least they didn't go down that path again. (laughs) Tomorrow. But the Ashtar Galactic Command was definitely not something that this hoaxer had just made up. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.